0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Joel Fragameni here, going to start this show a little differently. Uh, I'm going to play a clip, and uh, this is from a little over a year ago. Um, March 10th is when I posted this. Let's start with this, and then we'll start the show, okay? Let's listen to this. Maybe some stuff I don't normally talk about on here or on his show. I was gonna, if you I was gonna turn it to off, but you know I was in my car and I couldn't reach the phone. It
1: was
0: <laughs> in a passenger seat, so I had to f- fucking suffer with Hey, we'll it. take it. I'll take the <laughs> listen. I'm not I'm not one to say no. Hey, go to BillHildeBrandComedian.com and leave me a message. There's yes. a place down there where we can leave a note. Hire, hire Bill for your corporate party. Yeah. And just listen to him when and he says... And listen to he, me when I say, don't <laughs> when he fucking do this and, go and go don't on. fucking do that. Yeah, I mean just it. Yeah, when it's time to go on. You know, you do this once a year. I do it 30 times a That's year. That's right. Listen. He's to an me. expert. For Christ's sake. He's an expert in <laughs> lame corporate events. He's yeah. the guy who knows... Yeah, I got, your, I got your Home Depot, asshole. Exactly. Yeah, the Home Depot Christmas party. <laughs> a day that will live in infamy. The Plywood Isle. <laughs> Uh, the lumber aisle. If I ever own a bar, I'm going to have a spot. A aisle. It's called The Lumber Aisle. Whenever I tell that story, I always say so they set us up in the lumber aisle and they built a little stage, you know, because they have the wood. It's a big laugh. Yeah, <laughs> and actually they made they it, had the tools, and they made it out of pallets. <laughs> they
1: stacked up. Pallets. It wasn't even a nice yeah, stage. Yeah, wasn't even a stage, and
0: they threw some some indoor outdoor carpeting over it. Well, the, the Home Depot guys don't know what they're doing. We know that. That's There's right. Going in there, why would they know how to build a stage? All right, Bill Hildebrand, thank you so much for Thanks, joining me Joel. this week. Good to be back. We'll be back on a regular schedule, I think. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe we'll all be dead from coronavirus. Maybe all comedy will take place on podcasts because you can't go to a club because people are afraid of being infected. I don't know. I can't tell you what's going to happen. Yeah, it's coronavirus. You know, maybe the comics aren't the only one dying on stage. stage yeah. oh, hey, oh. JoelRadio.net. Over now. Go get them all. Thanks, Bill. And um, that was the end of that show from last March. It was the last show pre-pandemic and um i pulled that clip not because of that uh because i am sad to report that uh, we lost bill hildebrandt uh since i've spoken to you last um bill passed away um geez what was that now early may I think I, I I should I should be better with the details as I sign on to uh this show. So we're going to remember Bill today. Uh we're going to remember Bill today. And um I'm going to try to not break down and cry. <laughs> uh I have my tissues next to me, so that's entirely possible and I am prepared should that happen. Um uh, and I, I think one way I'm going to try to not sob my eyes out is by bringing in some other people. So we're going to talk to some of Bill's friends and my friends on the phone here as, as, we go through. Uh, but yeah, Bill passed away. Uh, as far as I know, uh, it was from heart trouble. Bill, um, had about five years ago, he had a uh, bypass and some really bad heart stuff going on with him and, uh, was very, uh, very close to death but he recovered lost a bunch of weight and he he'd been on the show many times uh since then um so it's not even a thing we talked about much on the show i don't think because he recovered and and forgot about it and um you know as the uh the year uh, of covid went on that was literally last show before you know we were shut down we made the joke about shutting down comedy uh bill came on again to talk about um the pandemic, uh, a more recent appearance than the one I just played you. And, um, you know, B- Bill eventually got, and not unlike a lot of people, he did get uh, COVID-19 at one point, although it, I don't believe it contributed to his death. Um, uh, Just a very sad thing. Very sad story. Bill, uh, for those of you that, that don't know, if you're listening to this for the first time, was the guy... The single individual that I credit as being my mentor in comedy more than anybody. Um, uh, playing Joey's Dearborn, which he was the booker of, uh, many, many, many times over the years. My first paid weekend spot was at Joey's Dearborn, opening for Diane Ford. I've told that story many times. I was the MC. I think I was doing comedy for about six months when bill brought me in something like that less than a year for sure and trusted me to do it and i did it and from then on we had this great relationship of sort of the the mentor and uh the the mentee i don't know the the apprentice comedian the lots of road trips um the home depot i i will try to recount the home depot story at some point uh today on the show for those of you that don't know it as bill referenced it there it was really one of our uh one of our great memories we had together was uh, doing the Home Depot Christmas party in Flint. And that was a lot of the work I got. So if you're a young comedian, you, you want to find a guy like this. You want to find a, a Bill Hildebrandt of your own who's doing these kind of private parties and shows where, you know, they're the only comic booked, And they'll they'll have an opening act just to fall on the grenade, as we say, just to, you know, warm them up. And that's what I did for Bill. I would go on these gigs, you know, golf courses and Christmas parties and these kind of things and just be like, well, I'm here to warm them up. Bill would pay me out of his money. The booker didn't even know I was going to these things. Oh, here's a guy who's going to tell you some jokes and then Bill would come on and crush it. And he did. Every time I had a conversation, probably three weeks before Bill died, I was sitting with Tom McCarthy and Bill Bouchard having dinner before a show at the Comedy Castle. And... Uh, I, I, we were talking about, you know, who's good or who we've seen comedy. Uh, the Comedy Castle had just reopened. And I said, you know who are really some of the great comedians? Are these guys that can go into any venue and kill it? Any venue, anywhere you put them, they're going to crush. And, you know, even they'll complain and say it wasn't a great show. Bill was always famous for that. Bill was always the guy who was like, oh, this is going to suck. Or, boy, that was a nightmare. Meanwhile, he did great. And I said, the guys that can do that, like Leo DeFore and like Bill Hildebrandt, really have to be considered some of the best comedians you'll ever see because they'll go into anywhere and do well in any situation. People will love them. And that's really, really hard. And he was great at it. Not just good, great. And I think you'll get some examples of that today. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's just, because it's been since, since April that I talked to you guys. Yeah, Bill died. I believe it was in early May. Um, I had last seen Bill, I believe at the end of February. Uh, we had dinner. Myself, my girlfriend Layla, Bill and his girlfriend Martha. We were, uh, celebrating, me and Layla anyway, were celebrating that she had gotten her second vaccine shot. And the medical center that was doing the shot was close to this restaurant, Shields. Those of you in Metro Detroit will know Shields, uh, Shields in Troy. And uh, we also coincidentally had this gift certificate. Layla had won a gift certificate on the morning show for answering trivia questions. He actually didn't answer all of them right, but. She answered enough that she got this Shields gift certificate. So we go to Shields and restaurants hadn't even been open, you know, for long at this point. And uh, and I said, well, we're going to Shields and Bill lives over there and he's always looking to hang out. Do you mind if we call Bill? And Layla said, cool. And we called Bill and texted him and said, hey, we're going to be over at Shields at this time. Why don't you come join us? Got a gift certificate. Have some food on us. It'll be fine. You know. And we didn't even know if Bill was going to show up. But me and Layla go to Shields, and we're sitting there. And we, I think we had already ordered the appetizers. And believe me, because we've got a gift certificate. We're ordering lots of stuff. We're ordering appetizers, soup, the whole thing, right? And who comes walking in but Bill and Martha. So not knowing Bill was even going to show up, but he lived close by. So in comes Bill. We sit down. He have a couple drinks. Had a really great lunch. I mean, it was the first time we had dined with with strangers, you know, people that weren't our family in uh, months and months, if not a year. And we just had this great time sitting there, eating, drinking, having fun, you know. Um, and uh, it came time to pay the waitress brought the check or, or we asked for this because we said oh there was this waitress i with the check and I, I was like let me get the waitress and I, I flagged the waitress down and I, you know we got this gift card and we're gonna you know she was oh no the check is already paid for and it turns out that bill had gotten up and picked up the check um for the four of us and he didn't have to do it and we had a gift card we had a gift we had like a we were getting $50 off the tab including what he was eating and he decided he would pick it up cuz he was that kind of guy. And uh we we still have that gift certificate so.
1: <laughs>
0: we got to find some new folks to invite to shields. Um and I'm crying. Um but yeah, so I mean that was just an example. It was the last time I I saw Bill and, um, you know, great memory, really fun and, uh, you know, completely shocked when I heard uh, that he had passed. And, um, you know, we're going to miss him. He was, you know, uh, I, I believe on this show, I believe he has appeared uh, more than anyone else with the exception of Corey Hall. So I, I would do a show and I would ask Corey to be here. And if Corey couldn't make it, I would call Bill. Uh, now I can't call either of them and, uh, have them come. So it's, it's tough. It's, um, you know, what can I tell you, man? It's, uh, it's been a tough year and a year plus now. And, um, we're, we're, you know, uh, losing people is normal. Losing two of my very best friends in less than a year, uh, it has been awful. Um, two of the greatest contributors to this show. And uh, but we're going to get by, you know, I, I mean, I, I didn't hadn't done a show since April and and I, I just couldn't. I knew I couldn't do a show that wouldn't be a tribute to Bill. I couldn't just mention at the end of the show that Bill Hildebrandt died. So I'm here with you now. And again, I wish the shows are more frequent and i'm hoping they will be and i've actually got people lined up that want to do the show so that's a great thing and um so we'll remember bill today lots of great episodes of bill of course up on uh, joelradio.net the one that i just mentioned and then uh, as we got into the pandemic um there was one that was done a little bit later the one-way aisle of life i think is what that one is called so anyway We're going to talk to some folks. Maybe I'll do that now. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get a guy on the phone who's... uh, I always call this guy... I'm typing into the phone to get this guy's number. I always say if you're going to be hanging out, off stage, this is how you know a comic's good. Bill was so fun offstage. You know, Bill was so fun. In fact, I know I, I the second show that we did, I think we talked about going to uh, the second show we did of 2020. We talked about going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That was the thing that I came up with as a way to sort of say, hey, I'm bored. We're locked in the house. Let's go do something fun. Bill, I want you to come with me. And uh, I'm really glad we did that road trip. It was maybe, you know, the most fun thing I did over the pandemic was going to Cleveland, going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And and hanging out with Bill, but when I bring up hanging out and being funny offstage, this guy that I'm about to talk to, I find to be maybe the funniest guy offstage. Now, I know that's a lot as I bring him on the phone. You're going to hear it ring here in a second. But as I bring him on to to so <laughs> it's, it's a tough billing. But uh, Derek Richards, I find uh, hi Derek Richards, what's going on? You're on Joel Radio. What's happening, buddy? How are you? Well, you know, I, I'm introducing you going, you know, you know what comics funny when he's funny offstage and Derek <laughs> and I always go, no one is more fun to hang out with offstage than Derek Richards.
2: You are very kind.
0: Yeah, very kind. Although I have to bring you on with that billing, and we're going to talk about our friend that died. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, you know, you got yeah, I like how you approach things. <laughs> I, I, I said I lift people up and bring them right down. That's what the show's all about.
2: You're, uh, it's kind of like your act.
1: <laughs> it's uh,
2: my show well, is your act, all downs. <laughs> your, your act kind of starts off slow and then tapers off. <laughs> No, man. You know, you know, I love you, and I was glad to uh, glad to hear from you, and glad that I could be on your uh, on your show, man. Thank you yeah, for having me. Well,
0: you know, i'm Bill. Uh, I mean, I'm going to let you talk about how you met him and all that stuff, and and but I just remember, you know, when the three of us would hang out. And I don't know how many times, it was just the three of us, by more than. But I remember one gig, and I'm trying to remember whose gig it was. I feel like me and Bill were at this gig, and you were. In town, and so you came up to maybe Corona, Michigan. Does that make sense? Does that ring any bells in your
2: mind? It could, it could. There's so many, so many of those cities just yeah, but blend I, together. But it's I, like the, uh, my buddy calls it the, uh, the Tigers Winter Press Tour.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, we're in that, uh, Flint, Flinty area. <laughs>
2: Flinty. I like that. It shouldn't it shouldn't be called suburban flint. Yeah. It should just be called flinty. It's very
0: flinty here. And uh, I remember just going up there and doing this gig and you were just hanging out. And we probably threw you up for a guest spot. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I remember just just busting balls and then I remember you and I sort of uh we we had we had the bus boy take the mug. I remember us pulling that prank on him that night. Do you know what oh I'm talking? Go- the mug. Oh yes, 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 absolutely. Explain what the mug is. I have not talked about the mug, but you can't actually I'm eulogizing Bill. I believe the mug is alive and well, but talk about the mug for a minute because people don't know well, what it mu-
2: is. Well, Bill had his mug that was uh, it was a it had a microphone built into it. Yeah. And so he was talking about, I think, like dumb gifts that his friends had given him. Yeah. And he would always walk up on stage with his microphone mug and i remember joking around with him one time he was getting set to go up on stage and i go hey jeff dunham don't forget to take walter with you <laughs> right and he would do and he was look, he just looked back at me and he's like yeah you're a piece of shit yeah. and we just started laughing or whatever but, but uh, yeah that was his that was a little fun and, signature thing that he put up would, on stage with him
0: he would have beer in it or something right i mean he actually oh, used yeah? the mug or water or something yes he would and he would do for those of you who want to picture this bit he would go to the drive through window with the mug and do as they're talking to him he would yep. and you can't understand him he would do it back i forget what other mug gags he did
2: no it was funny it was one of his signature moves yeah. and it was something that we all you know busted his oh, yeah. chops on yeah. constantly yeah. and yeah. it was uh, it was great we just i remember there were multiple times we had worked together i'm like you got you got new batteries in your prop there carrot top <laughs> you know i mean just just one douchey thing yeah. after another that comedians do to do to each other in that situation. Yeah.
0: And I just remember sitting there. I think the show was over and this guy was bussing tables and Bill wasn't looking and we slipped it in the bus tub. Then he's like, you know, that's you know, we, we just gave his act to the bus boy. You know, that's kind we of the just, we literally <laughs> just gave the
2: bus boy five minutes of Bill's act.
0: <laughs> yes. That, that bus boy could be going places with that mug. But he got it back.
2: But you know the mug. He could, he could be going. He could be going other uh, high end flinty gigs.
0: <laughs> there's a spot in Midland that needs a mug comedian. If anyone's looking, <laughs> there's, a, there's a Tawa City needs a mug comic. They're looking.
2: Oh, you know what? That will probably pop up on one of those uh, <laughs> comedy comedy websites or comedy message boards. Yeah. Don't be surprised.
0: So. Now, the mug uh, was a thing, too. I don't know. I I would talk to Bill. You know, the mug was falling apart at a point for him, and he couldn't get another one. He's like, no, I searched and searched and searched. Now, let me see that fucking thing. And I took it from him one night, and I took a picture of the bottom of it, and it had the patent number on it. You know, it was patent this mug. And I think we found the guy who made the mug, you know? And I go, why don't oh you get a hold God. of it? Because I, I said, this guy, look, I know how comics are making props and gimmicks and stuff to sell after the show. So I'm like, this guy's probably got a garage full of these fucking mugs collecting dust.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> well, a real pissed off wife. Yeah,
0: Exactly. So I go, why not get a hold of this guy? Get the And I said, maybe you'll get some more mugs. And then, you know, well, he would make the joke, though. He said if he sold the mugs, people would show up at the show. With the mug, wasn't that? Oh yeah, they would.
2: I would. (laughs) You and I both would have.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. He probably had a chance to endorse that mug, but uh, I don't know. I don't think he ever. But I think he ended up either having a guy solder it together, and it was it was not doing well at the end.
2: That's so funny. He couldn't just go to the mall and find a Spencer's. If those are even still around. He, but
0: he always claimed he couldn't. That's why I got the patent because he could. He said he couldn't find the thing. That's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, anyway, he cracked me up. I, you know, I really
2: wish that his uh, memorial service is going to be done through that mug. That would be <laughs> the proper way to eulogize Bill Hildebrandt would be through that mug.
0: Well, I'm going to talk to some other folks today and we'll see if anyone knows where the mug is. Currently,
2: it's got to be. Oh, yeah. This is like finding, uh, you know, the like Pete Rose's bat when he broke Ty Cobb's record. You know,
0: it is something uh, of that. Right. It's the uh, I'm trying it's to say. Of... Yes,
2: it's the, it's the comedic equivalent of something that belongs in our uh, in the comedy Cooperstown.
0: I would put it. I would display that in my house if we had I would. the mug. I put a glass
2: case on yeah, it like
0: the I, bat <laughs> Yeah, and there is a memorial for Bill. I gotta tell people about that before I leave today. I'd have to look it up. I know it's July sixteenth. It is it is a Facebook event. So if you're on Facebook and you want to attend, I gotta figure out when this thing is. Boy, it's easy to find stuff on Facebook, isn't it? Especially when you're doing a show. Uh let's see, July sixteenth. One last okay. laugh in memory of Bill Hildebrand at the Star J.C. Park in Royal Oak. That's kind of over where Bill lived. 13 Mile. uh eleven one oh one West 13 Mile in Royal Oak. And that is uh, July 16th at 7 p.m. 4 to 7. 4 to 7. 4 p.m. Okay. to 7 p.m. So I'll be going to that. And, uh, yeah. So, and, uh, yeah. I don't know what that's gonna be like I think his daughters have put it together who I didn't really know well. So I don't know how much comic shenanigans is gonna go on at that.
2: Yeah, you know, I hope that well, it'd be nice to see one done from a comedic perspective. Yeah. Oh, I certainly I know. understand the uh the family yeah. Yeah. um uh, you know doing their thing but you know yeah. it's uh you know, I'm sure there's probably a lot of comedy stories that you don't want to share with the family in <laughs> in in uh, in per, in yeah, person. Yeah,
0: they probably don't want to know some of those.
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, we need the, you need the PC version from four until seven, and then seven <laughs> till ten. We take that whole memorial over to a bar. Yep. Turn off Facebook. Yeah. And just have uh, some cocktails and share some stories over there. That would be uh, extremely uh, important.
0: That sounds like a good time. But tell us, you know, how you met Bill and what your memories are of him or, you know. I
3: don't...
2: met
0: him. I met
2: him actually at uh, at the Comedy Castle and in Royal Oak. And we were I was I went up and just did, I did a guest spot. It was probably. I mean, this is mid 90s. OK, when I met him mid, yeah, probably 97, somewhere so, in that neck of the woods. Yeah, and who
0: started for, I take it you started before him.
2: No, 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 no. Bill was doing it before. I oh, was. really? Okay. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. I started in November 93 and he had started it before then. I mean, he still had a job doing, um, sales. Yeah. And so he was kind of, he was doing comedy and then also had his other day gig too. But, um, no, he came out to the comedy castle, and at the time he was booking uh, Joey's Comedy Club in Dearborn. Yeah,
1: that's where uh, I met him. hmm
2: Yeah, and he came out and I had no idea who he was. And all of, I came off stage and it was, you know, I was uh, you know, had a fun set, it was great, and he had never never met him. I he had never seen me before. And I came off stage and he comes up and shakes my hand and he just said, uh, he goes, Who the fuck are you? <laughs> And anybody that knows Bill knows that's exactly what Bill would, would have said. And yeah, he right. said it with a smile on his face; yeah. he was laughing, and he was. Um, I, I was very fortunate that he, you know, really liked what I did mm. on stage, and he said, "Hey, you know, I booked this uh, place in Dearborn. You know, let's,
1: yeah,
2: you know, let's uh, let's keep in touch." And he had given me his contact information. And Bill, at the time, he had he had this uh, this horrific hairpiece.
0: <laughs> that's right there there are headshots of bill with the hairpiece
2: oh yeah i'm yeah. not saying anything out of school this is yeah.
0: yeah it was common knowledge
2: yeah you look at that hairpiece and it's like a honey patcher just died on his head <laughs> it, was,
0: it was not good
2: it was not good he, he 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 could have invested he could have spent a little less on the um on the on the talking mug and a little more on the hairpiece
0: <laughs> yeah his signature but, no, looks, i stand that
2: yeah. with all love and uh respect for the guy and he, uh, he eventually got rid of the hairpiece. But yeah. I remember talking to some people afterwards. I go, who's the creepy guy with the hairpiece? was <laughs> Cracking up. And then I I ended up uh, picking up a ton of work from him Yeah, over at uh, Joey's in Dearborn. He was always very supportive. He and I had done multiple gigs together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He was very, uh, we had hung out on, I can't count the number of nights after shows. And we'd have some cocktails and we would just talk comedy and he would have suggestions on different things and I'd watch him work. And I mean, you, you know, if you saw, if you saw Bill work, I mean, he, he was a guy that you could stick him in almost any situation mm. and it could be, you know, I would joke around, he would pick up these, you know, 3 PM gigs <laughs> right. in, uh, in grand blank for, you know, whatever for, yeah. you know, five six hundred bucks and i would joke around i'm like oh another daughters of the american revolution (laughs) get together and he would just start laughing but you know to really appreciate and understand him was to see him be able to go into a room like that full of yeah literally you could have 70 80 year old ladies and they'd be laughing their asses off and then he could go and do you know a you know a shotgun one nighter bar
1: mm-hmm.
2: in the middle of nowhere
1: yeah.
2: with a biker crowd completely hammered and he would still go up there and and have a great set so he he was one of those guys that in this business if you want to if you want to make money if you kind of follow sort of the you know game plan that he had put together in terms of being able to be such a chameleon to adapt to the different surroundings cuz he was doing cruise ships in that too and making yeah. good dough and corporate stuff and still doing clubs and he was working out in las vegas here a lot
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, at the riviera comedy Club yeah he was a there regular maxim
1: r- yeah. yeah yeah
2: he was he was out here all the time years ago so he he really carved himself a nice niche i mean he had uh put together the type of act and had the stage persona where he could just really blend into any situation and do well
0: Yeah. And and you didn't even hear my intro, but that was one of the things I talked about is Bill could do any gig and do well at it. Yeah. Which really is the hallmark of a great comedian, because you might have, you know, a guy that's great in front of his fans, people that know him or, you know, well, in front of young people, this guy's great in front of old people. This guy's great. And, you know, uh, black people, white people, whatever bill could play for anybody i mean it was amazing mm-hmm. to watch him because you'd be and especially like for me because when i would see him i'm usually opening and then it's like oh i'm opening and eating shit and let's watch bill work and then he'd fucking kill and it'd be like you know but it never made me mad i was glad he could do well and i'm sure part of him doing well was me going up there and warming him up that's why he wanted me at the gig uh but he was amazing he'd just go anywhere
2: yeah he had a lot of that too i mean he was very supportive of uh, of comedians that he liked mm-hmm. if he was your friend he was your friend yeah there was no there was no doubt about that. yeah and i was i was very um you know i, I say this i, I hate using the, the term blessed and grateful because it seems very overdone in today's social media society where everybody has a hashtag in front of those two mm-hmm. words but I was uh, I was very blessed and, and grateful, and I legitimately mean that, to have him as a friend and to have him come out. There were so many times I would do gigs. Um, the last time I saw him, when he came out to a show, he came out and sat with a bunch of friends of mine mm-hmm. at a show I did at One Night Stands in Waterford,
0: Michigan. Okay, yeah. I
2: didn't even know he was coming out. Mm-hmm. And he just came out, and he sat there in the crowd, and I'd be glancing over at him, and he was he was just a genuine comedy fan, and he... He sat there with my buddies and laughed his ass off. Yeah. And he was just talk to him afterwards, have a couple drinks. And he just he had a he had a big heart. He really liked to help people that really wanted to succeed in this business. If you had the drive and the motivation and the desire and you were focused, mm-hmm. he would be all in your corner.
0: Yeah. No, tremendous. And, okay.
2: and that's what and that that's one of those things. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, friends of mine that have passed away recently. And I was just talking to my girlfriend about this just because it was, you know, that stuff starts to, you know, it hits you. They say, oh, it comes in threes and there and it's not, you know, that's just literally how it happens. And I'm like, when I got the word on him, the other two people that I knew were more acquaintances. Yeah. When I got that news from uh, about him Uh, being found dead in his apartment i mean Mm -hmm. that that hit me for a good a good couple of weeks and a um, you know bob phillips comedian in uh, detroit he and i were working together in um, myrtle beach south carolina and i was talking about bill and i would just get quiet and he goes this is this, this is really bothering you isn't it and i go you know it really is yeah yeah
0: Yeah, it's been sad. I I haven't done a show in three months because I knew I had to talk about him. And it's been, you know, so tough. And, and, uh, you know, but I mean, the thing about Bill, too, in 22 years, I knew him. And this is rare being in the same business because our business is such a backstabbing thing. Never had an argument with Bill. Never had any heat with Bill. Never anything. You know, and I wouldn't say that about many people that I knew that well in the business, you know, yeah, Uh, where, you know, somebody screwed you over, you know, Bill as a booker. You know, I mean, think about guys who book rooms. I mean, you know, I mean, at their best, they're they're cold and calculated in how they do that, (laughs) you know. And here you had Hildebrand going, well, whenever you want to work, you tell me and I'll put you at the club. I mean, who gets that? you know,
2: and I don't no, know. How he was a solid guy. I mean, anytime I worked and I was, I, you know, I, I was getting paid from whatever I was getting paid. I got paid. I was never shorted yeah, on money. Yeah. And like, you know, I can't say that with, um, you know, with a lot of, uh, Michigan gigs mm-hmm. su- such as the, uh, you know, the, the other Joey's club in Livonia yeah.
1: that tried I mean, to uh,
2: screw me on some money before. Sure. And they're out of business now too. So yeah. fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean Bill was a uh, Bill was a solid guy and if he liked you, he liked you. But if he didn't like you, he didn't like you. Yeah, no. And you know what? He made no no bones about it. If he didn't care for somebody, he wouldn't hang out with them. Yeah. Well that- And he and he wouldn't talk with them. And you know what? I I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that level of honesty. And I, I try I'm kind of the same way too in, in regards to you know, if I like you, i you know, I'll hang out with you, I'll call you, I'll text you, you know, we'll get together. But, you know, I I just have that attitude that uh, there was a post that someone had put up one time. It was a meme. It says, I don't have the energy to hate. I either like you or I don't care.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Which which to me, I think is great. I'm like, I'm just not going to, you know, put myself in a toxic situation. And I think, uh, you know, I think Bill tried to, uh, you know, do the best to navigate the waters in this business and be uh, a fair person. But if he didn't care for you, he just didn't hang out with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I always sort of, you know, you know, cause I think if you didn't know Bill and you, and like even meeting him, it was like this thing where he's angry and he's bitter about the business. But I, as I got to know him, I realized how realistic his view of what we're doing and our business was. And not saying everybody should be that cynical, but, you know, the guy would, you know, you'd go to a room with him and he would shit talk the whole room. When you got there, all this is set up wrong. The stage is in the wrong place. The lights suck. The sound is terrible. Look at these tables. They're not lined up correctly. This is going to be the worst gig ever. And he'd go up and kill,
2: (laughs) you know. That's exactly him. That is exactly Bill. Every time, every time you saw him, I, I would I literally like I had joked around with him. I said, you know what? If you were in bed with a supermodel. (laughs) <laughs> I go, you would somehow find that she didn't get her roots to die properly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. He always, he, he would see the bad in everything and yet everything he did was great. You know, he, he. you know, I can't imagine anyone seeing a Bill Hildebrand show and being disappointed or let down.
2: No, no, exactly. But you're right about him off stage. I mean, if you meet him as a, as a lay person. He can he could he could definitely come across as very gruff and very coarse. Yeah. But once you knew him and you knew the personality and you knew who he was and you knew what a good person he was, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just learned to, uh, you know, you just laughed it off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was. I mean, just all that st- the Joey's stuff. I mean, that that room was really fun to play. And, you know, um. Always, you know, good comics, a good hangout place. And then, you know, when that was gone, I'd see him at the bar at the comedy castle. You know, even when he wasn't yeah. working, he'd just be out there having a drink, hanging out, watching comics. Bill, what brings you up here? I need some guys to open for me. It's a thing that, you know, I always tell young comics. I go these sometimes guys stop sure. in and they're stopping in because they need an opener. So if you've decided that you're going to use the comedy castle open mic as a way to road test the five new minutes you wrote in your notebook that afternoon, you might be missing out on some work because guys are watching you. And bill was one of those guys. Um,
2: no, exactly. He would definitely bring somebody with him on the road to uh, open up. I mean, he and I had worked together on multiple occasions and he, you know, I learned a lot from him. Yeah. He was a, um, you know again he was a good soul he was a great spirit and it really is it really really legitimately uh bummed me out when i had he passed away joel it really did yeah
0: no me too and and uh even my girlfriend who only knew him you know probably only met bill five or six times in her life i told the story about you know the last time I, i saw bill we had dinner i was we were celebrating my girlfriend's vaccine and i uh invited him to the restaurant because it was kind of by where he was living. And uh, sure enough, he showed up and picked up the check, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I invited him and he he paid, you know, and it was unbelievable. So,
2: No, no. Yeah. Solid, solid guy. I mean, I was really, you know, and again, everybody's got their own stuff that they go through. I mean, I don't know the whole circumstances surrounding his, uh, his death, but, uh, you know, you see somebody like that go and you go, You know, there's at least I can rattle off, and I won't, but I can rattle off at least four Michigan-based comics. And I'm like, yeah, why couldn't they be in this
0: situation right now? There's guys that if we we start crossing guys off a list, that wouldn't be hard. (laughs) If you had no, exactly. the power, I'm, I'm sure.
2: I'm sure my list. I'm sure my list and your list would look very, very similar.
0: Probably very similar, but uh,
2: very similar. And yeah. I guarantee you Bill's name would not be on there. He was. Uh, he he was one of the good guys, and I really, um, like I said, super bummed out that he's not here. But you know what? I think it's good to. Uh, I really hope that that memorial becomes more of a uh, celebration of his life yeah. than a memorial. I, I really hope that it uh, turns into a situation where it's. Uh, a bunch of his good comic buddies that, you know, legitimately were his friends. And they're not just coming there, you know, to hang, to get, you know, free booze and yeah. food. But I mean, <laughs> just a good but I mean, just a good core group of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I would hope end up showing up out there. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. I wish I could. Yeah. But I know when I get back to Michigan, I want to try to connect with as many um uh, other comics like your you know yourself included yeah. and a, a few others that I haven't seen in a little while just to uh, get together and share some more stories about him because I think that's uh yeah the most important thing is look back at what he did and what he brought to the business and what he brought to uh the individuals that he taught. Cause you know, he did a comedy class and yeah. he got guys like, uh, Sal D'Amelio and sure. Shart that were involved yeah. in that. I think you, you yourself took it too. Well, I'm a lot
0: thinking. of, uh, well I was, so when Bill was doing his class, he would do like this all day seminar at Joey's. Right. So it wasn't a weekly thing, which is kind of what I do at the castle now, but gotcha. a lot of what I'm teaching, I learned from Bill. And, and at the time he said to me, he goes, uh, here's what I need from you. Cause this again, he, He knew who I where I was in the business. And I was already working his club. And part of the deal, if you did Bill's class, which was such an awesome thing that he would do is you do his class and then you'd perform for a couple minutes at the end. And if he liked what you did, if you were a stranger to him, he'd sit, he'd have his book with him and he'd open up the book and he'd give you a week. Give you a weekend, you know, hosting. So you would pay whatever he was charging for the class, and then he'd give you a week. But I was already working for him. So he said to me, he said, well, I'm going to do this class, and I know you're you're already, you know, working and stuff, and I don't want to take advantage of it, so here's the deal. He said, you find guys to do the class, and you just come sit in, and you don't have to give me any money. So that was kind of the deal. I recruited the people, he taught the class, and we both benefited. So that was cool. Um, and yeah, a lot of stuff I teach in my comedy class, which July 10th at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle, the advanced comedy class, uh, a little plug there. Um, I learned from Bill, you know, all that stuff about how to set up the room. It's the thing I talk about, you know, have the stage on probably a one night stands. He probably lost his mind to where the stage was. I'm guessing. (laughs) Do you remember that conversation? Did you have that?
2: No, I did not have that. Okay.
0: Because I I only went to one night stands for the first time. It's a beautiful room, but Bill would say, "Oh, it's you got to put it in the middle of the longest wall. That's where you put the stage." And st- you know, you don't want a long skinny room, Fragman. He was
2: stage. he was never one to hold back. I loved his <laughs> uh, I, I loved his blunt honesty. Yeah, he was just a uh, he was just a good yeah. He, 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 he Hate to use that overdone phrase, uh, good yeah. salt of the earth, uh, you know, blue collar uh... based midwestern guy but that's yeah. exactly who he was yeah. and he was just a a great person and like i said just uh... just will we'll be truly missed from his uh... um you know his personality mm. uh... I, like i said he and i got along fantastic we get on the phone and it was just non-stop uh. ball busting oh yeah
0: well this is what i remember a lot of bill phone calls would would involve that if not the first thing he'd say to you this you got to this eventually you know what the problem with this business is? Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. It was every call. Every call. I got to share this. I think I might have told you this
2: before, too. i stayed at his house one time. And when he was uh, when he was married. And so I, I, he goes, he goes, Derek, when you're in town, he goes, come and stay. We got a guest room. <laughs> so I was passing through one night and I had uh I'd stayed at his place, and he had a guest room set up and i I go in there and you know set my bags down, I look up, and he has a dresser and has two framed photos on the dresser. <laughs> one was he put my headshot up there, <laughs> okay the next one was bin Laden, <laughs> and I fell <laughs> out yeah. I absolutely shit a kitten I was laughing so hard <laughs> I came walking out and he and he knew exactly what <laughs> I had seen at that time and he's got a cocktail he's got one for me and I'm just <laughs> dying laughing and we just we just cried it was so funny
0: yeah that's great that's a great story man yeah yeah Bill will be missed but man I mean, that was the kind
2: of guy he was yeah, I yeah. mean he really wanted to make you feel welcome but then it's like yeah, here's your headshot next to uh, you know <laughs> the number one most wanted person yeah. on the planet at the time so
0: yeah man that's awesome uh yeah just so many i mean we could tell bill stories all day i'm sure but uh i mean even because you are uh for those who don't know you're out in vegas how's vegas
2: yes yeah, out in vegas right now and so yeah it's uh it's funny you know driving around town here and then after hearing of his passing and stuff like that, you know, still having all those memories of all the times he was out here.
1: Yeah.
0: Cause he used to that. Well, <laughs> as I remember it, uh, he was Kip Adada's opening act most of the time. Right. That was, Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. And we lost that. Kip, I think in the last year, two years, Kip Adada passed away and, uh, yeah, the Riviera is not there anymore. That's where they played. And so funny. Yeah. End of an era for sure around here.
2: Well, Derek, no, it really is. Yeah,
0: I mean, what can you say? Yeah.
2: Now, like I said, go back and, uh, like I said, anybody who knows him, just uh, remember all the good times that you had, and uh, you know, you can't look at somebody not being there anymore. You got to look back and see what they brought into your life.
1: Right.
0: All right, Derek. Well, thanks so much for for uh, for talking to me today. It's a sad day, and I didn't. Uh, I opened the show saying I do not want to cry for the whole thing, so I'll have some friends on. <laughs> And I cried for a little bit in the beginning, but I've, you've cheered me up. So thank you. For no, that. hey, no, no big
2: deal. If you if you want the audience to cry, I've got I've got your sentence. I can start doing some of your jokes. <laughs> yeah,
0: please, please do. Oh, believe me, I've done them recently and they've cried. So it's <laughs> so funny.
2: No, man, I can't. I can't thank you enough for uh, including me on yeah. this. And, um, you know, means a lot. It really, really does. So, again, thank you so much. Right. And then I'm going to be back up in Michigan coming up here in a uh a few weeks and then I think again over the summer as All well. Right. So we definitely will get together and uh, and have some cocktails.
0: Sounds fantastic. Derek Richards, thanks so much, buddy.
2: Thanks, buddy. Right, Talk Derek. to you soon. Later.
0: See ya. All right. Derek Richards, everybody. Okay, so there he goes. Oh, I just playing the show. We don't want that show playing from the past. Damn phones. Anyway, Derek, yeah, Derek uh knew Bill very well and was always fun, so Good talking to him. We're going to bring some other folks in here. Let's see who else we could uh, get. Uh Um, This next guy knew Bill very well. And and again, no, no stranger to this show. Let's bring him in. Keep this train moving. I got more Bill stuff as I'm talking to Derek. I'm hearing things. Going, oh yeah, that's jogging my memory about this, but I don't want to I don't want to tell all the stories before the guests come on. So we're gonna get if he picks up here. Joel
3: Fragameni.
0: All right, Kevin Kramus, you're on Joel Radio. What's going on, buddy?
3: Uh, you know, I'm hanging out here know, in my garage with my dog. You
0: know. <laughs> all right. Yeah, well, we're, you know, we're talking about Bill today, and uh you know, I, I, as I told, I, I just got off the phone with Derek Richards, and uh, you know Derek very well, too. And, um, you know, I just told Derek, I go, I didn't want to cry through the whole thing, so I'd bring some other folks in. Like you. I miss you. I said I didn't want to cry for the whole thing, so I decided to bring some other people in.
3: Huh. Yeah, good idea, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't exactly worked, but, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best. Uh, but we're talking about Bill, and, and maybe give us, uh, you know, what's your first memory of him? When did you meet him? Uh, well, well, do you remember that? You know, I can't
3: exactly remember. I met him so long ago. I can tell you a funny story. In the beginning, back in, Bill used to tell this story to me. Uh, he'd go, you know, Clay, my sister, first time I met you, you know. <laughs> He's, uh, he goes, all uh, right. I'm sitting at the bar with Mary Miller at Joey's in Allen Park, and you walk up and shove yourself between the two of us hmm. and start, like, nosing up to Mary Miller. I go, Bill, oh, I was never hitting on Mary Miller. I was just messing with you, dude.
0: The <laughs> Bill was hitting on Mary Miller, apparently, I, uh, I guess.
3: But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, 1991, 1990. Okay.
0: I mean, that's a long, long time ago. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you guys, you and had Derek. Him. Yeah, well, Derek was talking about the the hair he wore on his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he owned it. It was his hair. Yeah, not sure who it used to be, but it was somebody. Yeah, I don't know if there was lots of love for middle-aged men. <laughs> Just think that there's some 13 year old girl in Indonesia who donated her hair to the worst okay. toupee in the world. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, but yeah, you. I were- tell you, I miss the guy every day, man. Oh, I, me too, I, man. There's there's so many mornings, especially in the last couple of you know, I mean, with these, yeah. in these times. Yeah, Where if he didn't call me, I would have called him. You know, yeah. so I don't have that person to call.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's really a thing you miss. You know, um, and and I said to Derek, I said every phone at some point in the phone call, you know what the problem with this business is? Let me tell you, every phone call. That's that's how I remember Bill. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Some new complaint about something that you know ultimately probably was fine at the end of the day but he'd get upset
3: yeah usually technology usually something to do with
0: oh that there's that yeah
3: technology Uh, and young punks yeah these
0: young punks out there doing comedy let me tell you about these young punks
3: these young punks
0: these young punks yeah
3: they were these young punks until I was one of the young punks. <laughs> you were young punks.
0: I think I wasn't a young punk by the end here, as as far as
1: we went. I
0: I transitioned from a young punk into one of the old guys. Uh, it's an amazing uh, comedy transition I I've know. made in 22 years of going from the young punk to the old. But I would have been the young punk until maybe five years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then... Of yeah, course, you're, you're in your 50s, right? <laughs> no, I'm in my 40s still. I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on to my 40s, but I'm in them. Um, and then Bill, of course, would always find the young punk in the show. And that made for a thing, because he would sometimes ask me if I was on first or if I was out in the crowd, he'd go, hey, wh- where's a young, tell me where a young guy is sitting. You know, sometimes we just have that time if there was an MC and we'd be, you know, I'd be leaving, he'd be coming. Where's a young guy? I need a young guy. And sometimes, the, you know, the young guy would be like 35, and he'd be talking to Oh, his, yeah.
1: He, well,
3: yeah. I mean, it's it, it, that's, that's yeah, so why funny trying, you
0: say that, because I was a
3: scout for Bill, too. Yeah, you yeah know, absolutely. You so
0: would do that, yeah. He needed the, the reverend he could always find. He could always find the old guy that would be the reverend.
3: The At old every stoner,
0: show. yeah, the old the stoner, old stoner and the reverend, and then the young punk. I think those were the three. But yeah, so the Methodist, a, yeah, the because the young punk would be, you know, he'd talk about car stereos of young punks and it would be like you know these are 35 year old dads I don't know that they're cranking <laughs> I don't know that they have big kickers in the back of their car anymore Bill but okay you know, uh, the magic
3: of darkness that's yeah, the magic of darkness sure.
0: and that's the thing I tell my comedy class uh, I use an example of you know if you have a joke like I had this guy Bill Morrison funny guy and he would talk about you know my shirt is from the John Goodman collection and my advice to him I said find a guy in the Crowd and point to him and say, hey, You got a shirt like that? You know, and that's the thing Bill would do. And I would say, And he goes, Well, what if the shirt doesn't really look like the shirt that I'm wearing? I said, Nobody knows that except for him and the two people on either side of him. And to the rest of the crowd, it's hilarious. It's a little trick. Yeah, the guy doesn't even have to be there. Yeah. Like, yeah Bill yeah,
3: right, did the right. mug thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Isn't that what he did? You know, I got a this and a that, and I got a shirt like that. I got a shirt like that
0: guy, and everyone laughed. You know, and then you would do that. I mean, I, I think Rickles, famously, Don Rickles would play, and he'd talk about, you know, the Chinese guy and the old Jews, and he'd be pointing, busting this Chinese balls guy, you know, Chinese guy's balls, and he'd be pointing in a direction. There may have not been a Chinese guy there every night. But he was going to do the jokes, and to the audience, they couldn't see if that was, you know, so they just assumed it was there. It's funny how that works.
3: But it, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of different names for that kind of comic. Yeah, you yeah. know, we would call it that. I mean, to be honest, I mean, Bill, he'd call himself he was a hack <laughs> to a point.
0: Well, is it is it hack or is it just, I think of it as it's a technique to bring these people in rather than just talking about your own self, bring the audience into it, and then it will feel spontaneous in a way that even if it's not.
3: And I'm not saying hack in a negative way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying that in an endearing way. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You borrow from those that are good, and you take little things that you think can work for you, and, yeah, he certainly... If you watch... uh,
3: Or or listen to watch Derek's, I think, last interview with Bill, the the drink with Derek. Oh, okay. Uh, And it might have been the first quote, you know, Bill makes a quote, like, you know, (laughs) about there's not an original thought out there,
0: you know, like, yeah.
3: And I I mean, there is and there isn't, but you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: He was magical when he was able to do all that stuff that all them techniques that make him look, you know, it was all old school, though. Like kids today don't have anybody to base any of that.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing. And even for me watching Bill work, it was sort of like, yeah, I can't really do that. And I can't, uh, you know what he's doing. I, I sort of don't feel comfortable sort of uh, presenting myself in the same way that he did. But you would watch it and you would go. This these are the same jokes, which is a compliment in the sense that the jokes worked and he did them every night, which I think a lot of comedians could learn from. And, you know, that's a very old school thing. And uh, certainly, again, the way he brought the audience in, he made the show feel like he was telling those th- things for the first time, even when he wasn't. Um you know, and certainly, when he would do the mug, and believe me, I talked to Derek a lot about the mug already, but you know he would do the mug and he would do these things because they were just giant laughs uh you know
3: I guess that's where you talk when I talk about you know, the the endearing hack quality is yeah, yeah, the mug and and how much that was put into the mug, you know, kind of like uh Chrissy burns in the in the Raw, yeah, but, you know, Brodini, right? You know, that wasn't an original bit, yeah. But it, somebody polished it up and made it their own, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah,
0: he had uh just so many memorable bits, and 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 just kind of the shows he, he would do, and you know, from anywhere. We were talking to Derek about, you know, he worked the Riviera in Vegas with Kip Padot a lot, did the cruise ships which is a very hard gig as I've learned from him and pretty much any comic I've talked to that does cruise ships is you got to be good and you've got to be clean and you've got to do sometimes multiple shows a week that are different and he could do all that. And he really enjoyed being on the ships. Unlike some people I know that about. And
3: he would add this stuff. Like I did the, the uh, library tour with him and we and uh, did, went across the country and did a handful of libraries together and we t- 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 talked a lot about, the stuff on the boats that he did yeah, that was similar to the stuff, the couple of the games that we played with the audience in the library shows oh, okay. we did. And he told me that like, he would make himself, it sounded like, on the ships as, I don't want to say as available as much as possible, but he would he would make, when he, had, when he had a report, it sounded like with the cruise director, he would make the games himself. Oh, like, okay they wouldn't have any idea what they were doing when they were doing the Liars Club and the bill would command yeah, Okay. Yeah. And he knew how to do it. You know, he knew how to do all these things that, that I don't know. I mean, it's people today don't know how to do, you know, like yeah, I just think, old school
1: yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah. You got that feeling that bill was, you know, uh, from another era, but could still play in front of young people and get the laughs and the old timers, and, and I'm sure some of that was, you know, hearing stories about him opening for Soupy Sales and some of these old guys that were, you know, in the twilight of their career as he was starting, and he would open for some of these guys and and learn from them.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he he worked with all them people that like that that, that like he looked up to. Right. You know, I mean, I knew who Soupy Sales was not with Soupy, but I didn't. Uh, it didn't mean as much to me as it did to him. Yeah, yeah. you
0: know. Yeah. yeah, Soupy. To me, Soupy was an old guy uh, from the day I was born. Effectively, you know what I mean. But to him, he yeah, was me a too. guy. Yeah, me yeah, too. yeah. Um, and I remember he told me this story about Soupy. He was playing Ann Arbor, opening for Soupy, and you know Soupy's crowd—very old crowd. I, I don't know. If you ever work with Soupy, but that's what I heard. And you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, I worked with Soupy. Yeah, Yeah, how how old the crowd was. And Bill said, uh, at some point during Soupy set, they figure out that a guy died in the, the, you know, Ann Arbor, the main street there. And uh, this guy dies. So Soupy leaves the stage. And as the EMTs have to come get this guy, he sends Bill out to kill time on the stage.
3: That's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you know, so Soupy knew it was death to you know, no pun intended here, but you know, this guy's dead. I don't want to be on stage. Send the opener out there, and there goes Bill. So, I mean, I can't imagine what that would have been like. So, uh, the
3: fact that they kept on going is just a yeah. Funny well, thing. the fact
0: That's... that you keep on going. <laughs> the,
3: the, the Chrissy Burns story of somebody dying in the audience is just as funny. It's
0: what I don't know that one. Let we tell everybody.
3: So she's, she's doing this corporate gig, corporate private gig in the middle of Iowa for uh, corn farmers or something for, I can't remember exactly who it was, but in the middle of nowhere in this, and it's all old folks. Mm -hmm. And so she gets there and the guy meets her at the door. Old guy, you know, and he goes, Oh, you know, welcome to the show, blah, blah, blah. We've got a place for you to sit with some folks. We got a guy that's waiting to sit with you. And, and, you know, a a young guy. We got a a young single guy (laughs) for you. Okay. So they sit her down at, you know, long tables. You know, you can picture it in in a big, like a gym or something, you know, and the lights are on and all these old people are eating off the styrofoam plates. and, (laughs) And they set her down next to this guy and she's flirting with this old guy. And He's single, you know, he's a widower and and uh you know, in the middle of the conversation and he buries his face in the potatoes. <laughs> oh God. Wow. And and she said like nobody it nothing happened. Like everybody kept going. Like this <laughs> they're all they're old people, you know she made it sound like. So like they just somebody dies, somebody yes. dies. so they the guy's face went down, somebody came, they checked him, they called nine one one. It took forever for nine one one to get there. They covered him up with a, a part of a with like a <laughs> tablecloth.
1: Oh no. You know,
3: they oh. realized that he was gone. Oh my and god. And people are all sitting at the table still eating. Oh you know, my and
0: god. What and
3: a TMS uh, oh. finally comes like forty five minutes later and they <laughs> and again she said like almost nobody gets up. <laughs> And, like and it's normal, you know, like and, it's one of the herd goes out. And you right. keep on going, you know? Well, maybe that's so not. She said they yeah. get the guy out of there. And no sooner did they get the guy out than you can hear the door closing in the building. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Chrissy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I i don't want to speak, you know, Chrissy's not with us anymore either. And I don't want to speak for her, but as a comic, you're probably like, this guy's dead. Uh, I hope we do the show so I can get paid. (laughs) I think that's your first Yeah, right. in a comments. All you're thinking about
3: is I want to get paid. Yeah, like,
0: are they going to? Because they're not going to pay you if they don't do the show. I mean, unless you're the luckiest comedian that's ever lived, uh, (laughs) you know. uh, So, yeah, what a, oh, man. I I, I don't miss the road, I have to say. But, uh, you know, these road stories, me and Bill at Home Depot, all that stuff, I mean. You know, I'll tell the Home Depot story with you on the phone. I'm sure you've heard this, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the home and I'm going to add something to it that I would never. I'm going to add a bit to this Home Depot story, even though I've told it a million times uh, that I've never said in deference uh, to Bill. Being alive, but now that he's gone, I'm going to tell people a little secret that happened at that gig that I haven't brought up. But I actually think it's it's a compliment to him. He would have taken it as an insult, but I'm going to say it as a compliment. So anyway, Bill's booked to do the Home Depot Christmas party in Flint, Michigan. So this is after hours at the Home Depot. The staff is going to be dining and uh, they're going to do, you know, a raffle and win prizes and all the stuff. In the store. In the store, yeah. This is in the store. And this was also an opportunity for the staff to do their, uh, like, employee shopping, meaning they could get whatever discount they got that night. Yeah, yeah. They could go through the store, and they'd have a register open, and so they could do whatever holiday shopping they needed to do. So they would use it as an opportunity for that. And, you know, like Bill's saying, you know, I forget who booked this gig, but, you know, I wasn't booked. Bill was booked. He brings me along, says, jump in the car, I'll give you 50 bucks. We're going to go to his Home Depot Christmas party. So I said, okay. And, um, you know, and, and it, Bill's like, well, you know, last year they had a DJ and people didn't like that. Or they wanted to mix it up. They had karaoke, so they got comedians. But, you know, Bill is, Bill's cursing this thing the whole way there, you know, going, oh, this is going to suck. And, of course, we get there. And one of the the lumber aisle is set up with buffet tables, you know, like big round tables for everybody to eat at. The next aisle over is where the food is. So these employees would go get their food and then go sit at one of these big giant round tables in the lumber aisle at Home Depot. So imagine the ceiling height and the width that we're talking about here. I mean, arguably the biggest comedy venue I've ever worked, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I played the Palace of Auburn Hills. I guess that may be larger than a Home Depot inside. I don't know. But anyway, um, and, you know, so they would do that. And then Bill and I are, you know, going to be on, I think, during dinner was the genius idea of these Home Depot people during dinner. We would go up or after whatever it was. So uh, and then I'm like, well, what are they going to have for stage? Turns out they built us a stage. Because they had the lumber. That's always a joke I tell. <laughs> it was cheaper then. Yeah, it was cheaper then, and uh, they had the guy who, they probably paid one of their employees his, you know, eight bucks an hour at the time to to put this thing together. And they had, like, one of those podiums with the built-in speaker. That was the PA for to fill a Home Depot. Now, I was saying not the Home Depot, the lumber aisle. Yeah, but the lumber aisle goes back. To you know, halfway through the store, and that's how far back people were sitting. That little PA uh, thing does not work. It people can barely hear us, as you can imagine, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, Bill and I get our green room, which was the next aisle over. <laughs> <laughs> I remember eating the buffet food off of one of those rolling ladder things that the employees yeah. would use. <laughs> And I'm in, you know, I'm a young Joel comedian, uh, Joel recommended comedian, shirt and tie for every gig. So I'm dressed up, you know, Bill's got his blazer and we're getting sawdust all over ourselves and we're eating this shitty buffet food, you know. Then it's time to do the show and I go, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, what do I do, Bill? Just go up and do your stuff." And I can see Bill out of the corner of my eye from stage and he's going to tell me, when it's time to go, he said, just go up and start. He didn't tell me do 10, do seven. He said, go up and start and I'll tell you when to leave. OK, you know, so I go up and it's not going well. They can barely hear me. It's not, you know, it's terrible, as you can imagine. Well, I leave. I introduce Bill. He gives me the wrap up. I must have done 10 minutes or less. I can't remember exactly. Bill goes up. He's doing his regular show. and And, you know, Bill's show, like I said, worked everywhere, but they could barely hear him. You know, there's nothing, uh, even the people that wanted to enjoy Bill were having a hard time because they can't hear him.
1: Was so this before
3: the mug or after the mu- during the mug?
0: During the, the month? Mug. Was this, oh, was yeah. Doing the no, mug he mic? would have done the mug at this. I don't think the mug, I think the mug got called out. And, you know, the mug, even into a mic, wasn't working at this show. So he does this. Now, this is the part that I never tell people. But he did this, and it was brilliant because he's, he's doing his stuff. It's going better than me, but it wasn't going great for him. He picks a lady out of the crowd, brings her on stage, bringing people in, you know. And I hadn't seen Bill bring people on stage a lot. And you know what he did? And and again, that's why you never say this while Bill's alive. But it was a thing that when he did it, it killed. He did the hands bit. Hands bit. Did the hands bit. If you guys don't know what the hands bit is, probably made most famous by I Love Lucy, who did a hands bit once. On that show. I remember that from being a kid. But basically, you get somebody out of the audience. You have them put their hands behind their back. Bill becomes the hands. Was, oh, no. The audience member is the hand. You explain the hands a bit. <laughs> Bill is the hands for the audience member. Is that how it works? Yeah,
3: Bill, Bill yeah, stands yeah. behind you. You stand back. back uh, uh, you face to their back of their yeah, head. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, right. Stick your arms through their armpits. Mm-hmm. And- and you're their arms,
0: and you tell a funny story and sort of act it out as you go,
3: or they're your arms they're, they're your, your arms they're your that's what yeah. I'm saying.
0: they go behind you, they go behind you so and, and then your and arms. then as Bill would tell me, it's always fun because when you bring a lady up to do it, you get boobs, right. you get boobs against your back
1: <laughs> right, right,
0: yeah they so they They'd have, to, yeah. It killed. That's what I mean. He did this. And I would never talk about him doing the hands bit because he would say, you know, Bill would always have that line about the shitty gigs. I was never there. You know, he's not on his website. It's not on Facebook. It's not on social media. I was never there. And he, he even said to me after on the ride home, he goes, I was never here and I never did the hands bit. So I never told anybody until right now telling you and my audience, Bill did the hands bit at this gig and it fucking killed.
3: I'm sure I saw him do the hands bit at some point. Yeah, but, I can't even recall. But he I, didn't
0: really do it. It wasn't it, as part of his show, uh, generally speaking, but he did it that night.
3: Yeah, that's such an old day. Like, guys today don't know really what – there isn't any standard half bits today. Is there, you're a teacher. Like, uh, there isn't anything.
0: I mean, there's a new – there's sort of, like, stand-up tr- – you know – do you know why I pulled you over? I you know, I got pulled over on the way to the show. I mean, there's the hack lines. You, you know them. Yeah, but uh, those know. are. But those. as far as like vaudevillian things that comedians still do, like the hands a bit, yeah, nobody does those, you know?
3: Because when I started out and I started going to comedy clubs in the mid-'80s just to even watch, like, guys would do that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I
3: like. I, I don't want to name any guys that are. I, I don't want to throw any guys under the quote bus. I don't think I would be, but I don't want to name well, any guys, they're probably they're, all Detroit dead. guys <laughs> that I know yeah. that would pull that trick out of their bag. Right. I, I, I can't recall. I probably did it at some point. I can't recall using that one well, because it, I, I, I'm so small. It, it's, <laughs> it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, if you, if you know how to do the hands bit and you get yourself into a gig where no one can hear you, what's going to make them laugh? Probably something like that. And he did it. And I, I respected him for doing it. I knew it was, you know, a thing that, you know, isn't original to him, but god damn it, it worked. And that's why people do that stuff. So, you know, again, I don't oh, want sure, it to be man. a hack, but you know, you gotta know in a certain situation. Cause my, my thing as a road comic was always, I'm going to do my, and and believe me, I got in trouble with it for this bookers and stuff. I'm I'm doing my show. I've done this show hundreds, if not thousands of times. This is my show. It usually does well. I'm going to do it now. And if the audience didn't give a shit, that's all I did. And Bill would take it to the next level to make sure that they had fun. And I respect that. And it's not a thing that I ever did. You know, it's not a muscle. I I
1: agree.
3: I totally agree. Yeah, Yeah, I, I totally agree. Especially on that, that the comedy club days are gone. Like you didn't see as much of that kind of stuff in the comedy club days when you were at least in Michigan, when in Ohio and Indiana, when there was so many clubs and they were open Wednesday through Saturday or Sunday. And see, you you do as guys that did it. I can name guys that I know, (laughs) two, three guys that, they did it, and did it well, and other, some guys would call them hack, and other guys would call them friends. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, but you don't see it no, it's, today it's, as much, but there's no, not that, you don't have that atmosphere. Yeah, you, you know, don't, and, nightclub and, and guys
0: atmosphere. would probably be fine bombing, and Bill wasn't, and that, I always respected that, so. Um, well,
3: a corporate show is different, you know, a yeah, yeah, comedy yeah, yeah, club, yeah. and you're coming up the ladder. You know, obviously if you're if you get booked as a headliner at a comedy club, your job is not to bomb.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
3: you know, but if right. you're learning and climbing that ladder and you're trying to be original, yeah. But if you're at a Home Depot or you're in a corporate show or a Christmas <laughs> party or a backyard where where the where the elements are against you anyways, because yeah. you're not in a nightclub, you don't have the right sound system, you don't have a spotlight, you don't. And so Bill would do whatever
0: he did whatever He
3: called me from the house, you know, some, from the house party in the last couple of years. You know, some of the bad gigs that we end up doing now because they don't, we don't have. I don't mean bad, and, bad gig, but because the money's usually decent. No, but they're
0: they're they're, they're, ba- they're bad. <laughs> they're not good. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. Not because the business isn't you because a comedian is one guy.
3: People tend to think, especially with some of the agencies out there that just book whatever. You know, they just think they throw a single person up there and they can do whatever. Like, you don't right. need sound. You don't, you know, what do you mean you your a spotlight?
1: Well, <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> I um, will say, just to add about the Bill stuff, we're talking about the Bill stuff. I, Tim Rollins called me the other night. Okay. Tim's another comic. If people are listening, don't know. But Tim's a, a, a comic that's been around Detroit a long time, a juggler that was very close to Bill. And he called me the other day. He left me a message and I couldn't answer it. And I get the message and it's, hey, man, I haven't heard from you in a while. Give me a call. Uh, I'm just really missing Bill. And well, I just... Well, <laughs> yeah.
1: And
0: so I...
3: And I didn't get the message until late. Like, yeah. to the point where I... And I called him back the next day and we both talked about Bill. No, yeah, you know, like,
0: I think everybody does. Everybody that knew him and was he was part of your life and, and um, I mean, I feel like you spoke to him probably more than any of us did or most of us. Um,
3: but over the last
0: couple of years, I mean, yeah. you know, everybody's got them...
3: Waves in your life of people come in and out, and then just the last, you know, definitely since I moved back from the East Coast, I was friends with Bill prior to that, but
1: mm-hmm.
3: definitely since about 08 on. Yeah, I was, right. I mean, I, we spent a lot of time on the boat together.
0: Ugh. Yeah. I mean, it's just. I so, got along with Denise, too.
3: You know, I'm friends yeah, with well, Denise. That's... I got along with Denise. I enjoy that. So, I. I get invited out to hang out
0: with them. Yeah, well, that Derek know? was talking about spending the night at their house. Denise was uh, Bill's second ex-wife, right? Is two, two marriages for three. Bill? Three, three. Now uh, Denise is the only wife I knew. So, um, yeah, but yeah,
3: Denise was official. Like Denise was the first one was was his joke. Get that first one out first of the way. First one when out of
1: out the way. <laughs> right.
3: And it was really like that. It was like I don't even know the story behind. I've been I, I, I told it, but I can't recall it.
1: Well, but Bill, it uh, was
3: not long.
0: You you uh, fill in the gaps here if you can. But I know you know for what Bill did. You know, pre comedy, uh, he was he had some really important jobs and and was making good money. He'd always tell me, "Oh, I used to have land and horses, and then you get divorced, you start doing comedy, all this stuff." And I know one of the things is he was Dick Chrysler's. Dick Chrysler was this guy. He's a businessman, and Bill worked for him, and he was the, like, spokesman for his gubernatorial run. Uh, he went pretty far in the state of I don't know if he was, like, the the runner-up in that election. I think it was. I forget who he lost to, but, like, Bill could have very well been working for the governor had he won, right? Am I right about that?
3: Yeah. Bill was, Bill was work at Cars and Concepts for yeah. Dick Chrysler, and Ooh. then when Dick made that run, got into politics. Bill was kind of his right-hand man there. Yeah,
0: Which to think about, yeah, think about bit that. By the comedy bug. Yeah. He got bit by the comedy bug and boy, it, it, it bites hard. <laughs> it bit him, it bit him 30 years ago and it finally killed him. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. He's uh he was, he was one of a kind, man. He helped me out so much. And, uh, just gave me uh, just so much perspective on, you know, doing the show. I remember a couple months in, I, I was doing these Thursdays at Joey's where you'd, you know, show up and he'd throw you up, you know, a couple guys before the regular show. So you'd actually work with the headliner and stuff. And this is a big deal. And I'm a couple months in, maybe a couple weeks, even we could have been. And I, I said to him one, I said, so I go downstairs, he goes, I don't know if there's going to be a show. I said, why would there not be a show? And he says, not enough people to do a show. And I go, well, I know a bunch of comics that are going to show up to do this. He says, not like that. You need audience. You don't need more comedians. He said, you shake a tree and 50 comics fall out. That was one of his lines. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You got people for a show. You know, that's just the open mic mentality. He's like, can we do a show? Do you have enough comics? And he was like, we don't need comics, you idiot. (laughs) just one of the small little ways he opened my eyes to um you know the, the comedy business and of course being a booker he saw all sides of it in a way that i didn't and uh you know that was really important for me and certainly has shaped how i've looked at the business how i've taught classes and and how i've done all that stuff uh well, a
3: lot of well, you know I blamed him to the day he died. That he the reason why he didn't have as much work as he had because he trained all the comics in town. They took all his work.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and I he
3: mean, bust <laughs> his balls about <laughs> that all the time. I go, you're the one that trained Fragomeni and Bichard. So, <laughs> yeah, he made you know, us all these good. Guys in... that are out there, I said every time that one of these guys gets a gig or has a student that gets a gig, <laughs> yeah. you screwed yourself.
0: Well. Yeah, but he was, I mean, he was very generous between he was Joey's was and about that, guest you spots, know. And, you know, if, if, you know, like I said, he'd throw you like the Home Depot thing was a thing where he'd get these gigs where it was just him. You know, they were booking Bill Hildebrand and Bill would say to me, jump in the car, I'm going to give you 50 bucks. Yeah. Just come and do the show and we'll hang out and, you know. I'll give you some money and we'll do that. You know, and that was that was fantastic. That was like what you really need to learn what the road is like because people think you know you're a new comic and you're doing your open mics and finally you get to play the Comedy Castle. It's like oh man, I got to play the Comedy Castle. It's great. I'm gonna go on the road and it's not the Comedy Castle, <laughs> it's the road. The road is more like an open mic than it is a comedy club. Most of the time, or some of the times, depending upon where you're at in your career, um. And
3: especially as the first guy going out, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know,
1: yeah.
3: you know, I've, I've played that guy for a long time for Bill Thomas, for yeah. Yeah. Leo Dufour. Right. I did it for Bill yeah. just because we were friends. I mean, he did it for me. You yeah. know, I mean, he did go do 20 in front of me and I closed. Yeah. I mean, we did that stuff. Yeah. Just because then you know what you're working with. Yeah. Oh, you know? I mean, that's how we always kind of. And,
0: and and if you had something, because I remember Bill Thomas, and and Bill Thomas, I really did not know well. But I think the first and and maybe the only real interaction I had with Bill Thomas was one of those Joey shows, where I was I think doing, I might have been the MC, I think I was the MC at this point. But I I, I went up, and Bill Thomas was the headliner, and I walked off, and he said to me, and this is a very high compliment from any comedian that's a veteran, but especially, I think, coming from Bill Thomas, this is exactly what you think he said. He said, oh, you had an act. <laughs> like, very impressed. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> you a know, big
1: compliment. Yeah,
0: to, from coming from Bill Thomas or even Hildebrandt, the fact that you, I had an act was like, whoa, this guy's got an act. He's going places. So, uh, you know, I always took that, and Bill certainly knew that and, and you know, gave me... Uh, my first paid weekend. Uh, you know, Diane Ford's MC. That was my first paid weekend.
3: Hey, and that must mean he trusted you to give you Diane Ford because Diane Ford was a pain in the
0: butt. To well, that was you know I I've told this story as well, but you know the the Diane Ford story. This is what he told me because I remember I I literally remember where I was pumping gas and the phone went off. And he said, what are you doing this weekend? I said, nothing. He says, what are you well, doing? Yeah, what are you doing this weekend? I go, nothing. He goes, well, I need you to, need you to Dearborn. need you to MC. We got Diane Ford coming in. She's a big deal. He said, but here's what you can't do. He says, whatever you do, you can't hit on Diane Ford. Don't try to, <laughs> you know, don't try to hang out with her. Don't hit on her. She's married. You know, she's a big deal at the club and we don't want to bother her or anything. And I said, OK, that sounds fine. And I'd seen Diane Ford on HBO and stuff as a kid. And I'm like, it's a big deal. So I go to Joey's, go to Diane, you know, and, you know, you sat in those bar stools off to the side, right, by the uh, the exit there, the uh, the side door, whatever, staircase. Yeah. And you sit in those things. So, you know, I say hi to Diane. I get her information. I go bring her up. I go do my show and middle's on and who comes sitting, moving down the seat to me diane ford oh you were really funny you know that was good oh thank you okay you know i uh if you want i could uh help you write some jokes i, I used to write jokes for tim allen back in the day oh okay that might be nice you know well you know if, if after the show you want to go back to my room and we, we can start working on stuff and i'm like I, <laughs> and i'm freaking out i'm going no, I can't do that. I can't hang you know. I didn't say it, but I'm like, I can't hang out with Diane Ford. Bill told me don't hang out with Diane Ford. Bill said don't do anything. So I'm like waving Diane Ford off at every turn, right? You know, this goes on wow. for, you know, both, whatever, the three nights of the 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 week, you know, this happens. You know, I'm like, Diane Ford's hitting on me, but I can't do anything. And not that I don't know that I would have fucked Diane Ford, but who knows? You know, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm a young comic i just don't want to fuck this up because i this is my big break it's my first paid weekend my first headliner i'm working with you know uh for the whole weekend and uh bill calls me monday how'd it go i go bill it went fine you know the shows were good and thanks and uh uh here's the thing though diane ford was hitting on me all weekend he goes get the fuck out of here she's not gonna hit on you she's married to this rich guy he owns a casino fuck you you don't know what the fuck you're talking about this is what he tells me okay A couple weeks later, you hear, yeah, Diane Ford and her husband are getting divorced. (laughs) Really? Yep, that's a true story, man. Wow.
3: Yeah. I worked with her. Yeah, she was married to a guy that owned a casino. That's the thing, yeah. She
0: married to a guy who owned a casino.
3: And she was friends with Tim, and she was friends with Calvert. Yeah, okay. I always wondered why back then... I worked with her at Joey's a couple of times. When she was doing clubs, she didn't do Ridley's. Okay. You know, it seemed natural that oh. she would
1: wouldn't
3: would you think that she would do Ridley's? I never knew why I don't know why she no? didn't. Mm-hmm. But you know,
0: It kinda was... makes sense if she him and her and Tim had a thing and that ended and I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking out my ass right now. Dan Forbes is very nice and she's funny, but
3: Yeah, I don't think she had I mean I just knew her Tim her and Tim were friends Yeah, Yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah. I remember Back then, Calvert on the radio talking about, like, they all, he hung out with them, like, on vacation. Diane Ford and her yeah, husband, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Calvert's wife, and, you know, like, they all vacationed somewhere together. Yeah, okay, then, that's
0: cool. No, I liked it. But It was just a thing.
3: That's funny she hit
0: on you. Yeah, well, it was just a thing with Bill, and Bill doesn't believe that she hit on me because she's married as rich guy, and I'm like, no. But, I mean, I get why Bill is skeptical. I'm this new comedian who he didn't really know all that well, and, you know, I wasn't going to bullshit him. I just said, look, I think she was, but I, you know, certainly paid it, played it very close to the vest and left right after the end of the show and said goodnight and didn't hang out, and who knows, you know, who knows. It's one of those things, but it actually happened.
3: Well, fun times, man. Those fun times back then in the comedy club yeah, it days, was. The, it you was. Know, they don't exist anymore. People yeah. feel like old guys well, talking. A,
0: here's, a, here's a funny story. Now, this is because you talked about Calvert and radio, and there used to be a lot more, I think, overlap between radio and comedy. It seemed like it was kind of a natural fit, and for whatever reason, radio doesn't really do a whole lot with comedy anymore. But, uh, I, you know, I, one of my jobs at the Comedy Castle is to, or at least pre pandemic, was you drive the guys to radio, right? You drive the guys around and, uh, you know, go to the radio spots and stuff. And, uh, one guy right. who had been around a long time and a fairly famous guy, you would say, um, And we're we're pulling into one of the states. You know, sometimes you're doing two or three a day. So you're going from place to place. And he'd say, which one's this? And, you know, Ridley would send me the list of places. And I say, we're going here. We're going there. And I think we're pulling up and we're getting out of the car. And the guy, and I'm not going to tell you names here, but he leans over and he goes, oh, this lady, you know, the lady who was co-host, he goes, yeah, I fucked her years ago. (laughs) Like right before we walk into the building. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's this going to be like And it was weird knowing that, <laughs> but, you know, that was what you did. These road guys would come to town and, you know, hang out with the people at the radio station.
3: Well, yeah, even in Detroit, but I mean, more so in your Lansing, Flint,
1: yeah, Saginaw,
3: yeah. Toledo, it's like every, everywhere you went, it was a Wednesday through Saturday or Sunday mm-hmm. And you went to the radio station, yeah. you know, even the opener went sometimes. Yeah, you know, You yeah. went to the radio, you get into the club on Wednesday and Thursday or Friday, you're doing, you know, uh, it was Little Rock, Arkansas, one of those clubs down there, it used to do like you know, like six radio things. They take yeah. you into the Clear Channel building. I forget which town it was down there. Right. Back in the, I was back in the day, but probably 15, 20 years ago, and Clear Channel sucked everything up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's a warehouse of radios, yeah that's there's there's, <laughs> there's a
0: building like that in Southfield, it's now the intercom company, and they have a bunch right. of different stations there, and they're all and you can go and yeah, you do one station and you go to the other one, and you know, um, but yeah, that was the thing, and sometimes back in the day, now not so much now, or certainly not in Detroit anyway, but like that Thursday show would be you know special guest mc johnny black from the morning show would be your right, guest sure. dj just you know to maybe try to pump up some of the 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 uh, numbers uh have the local radio guy come out so he would talk about it all week and they'd let him do a couple minutes which was usually bad but uh yeah that was, those were the days uh
3: you know, it's it's interesting i think after the pandemic I think times are, are ready for some more live, like, entertainment like yeah. that.
0: Like I, yeah, I mean, it's definitely I, a thing that uh, could happen. I always tell, you know, like guys do my class, I go, go out and find these venues, because I think people are going to be looking to for have a way to get people back into their bar, back into their restaurant. Maybe comedy is a cheap way to do that. I don't know. I don't know what, I, uh, you know.
3: I, I think pro shows are. Mm. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not knocking open mic shows that, that helps cars no. out. But yeah. I think, I think people, because in what appears now people are used to paying for things online. It's easy to ticket
0: online. Yeah, absolutely.
3: A, a, a price point of 15 or $20 now is not no out of the realm yeah. anymore for, for anything, not right. just the comedy castle, but yeah, you know, you You can't go walk out your door for any type of entertainment for less than $15 in a service charge for the most part on a Friday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And so 50 seats, if you can sell, I know it's not a lot of seats, but 50 seats at $20. Yeah. You can put on a show for
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I kind of, you know, I tell my students, this is the thing you do. I go, you know, they know you're going to want to start an open mic because those are the only comics you know. But if you get a venue that's willing to give you a Friday, a Saturday, or even a Sunday night, try to book a pro show because that's going to be a better show that the audience that's coming on those nights will appreciate more. They're willing to pay the cover. Um it's going to help you as the young comic book in these professionals because then they'll know who you are. Like I've mentioned with Bill throughout this whole show, uh, you know, that's a great thing to do. But a lot of them, you know, now you see these Saturday night open mics. And I I feel bad for these people going to the restaurant sometimes. <laughs> Got to watch an open I mic. Too,
3: I, it does a couple of things. It It turns people off that have never been to a live show. Yeah, yeah. It, and at any age, it doesn't have to be like somebody in their 40s or 30s that's pissed off. I mean, I, somebody in their 20, 25 could go in there and go, this is garbage, yeah, yeah. you
1: know? Yeah.
3: So, and I, because I've heard that story in the, the 100 years I've been doing comedy oh, from yeah. people. I went into a bar somewhere and yeah. it was terrible. First, uh, that's first time I ever saw that comedy crap you
0: do. Yeah. It
3: was, you know, 10 people. and I was trying to eat my burger and get out of yeah. there, you
0: know, well, and you're like, I call that surprise comedy. Nobody likes surprise comedy. I walked into the bar and there was a comedy show. Well, those people are not going to be pleased. (laughs) If you tell them, hey, it's 10 bucks and there's a comedy show tonight, do you want to come or do you not want to come? And they come, well, then those people are going to be good. They're going to be better than the people that are there for free. Charge some money. Pay your comedians. Come on, people. And again, like I said, with the price
3: points where they are and making it easy online,
0: yeah.
3: you know, I mean, cash is really nice to have cash. But yeah. well, none of these kids know what even cash is anymore yeah. in your class. So, right. yeah.
0: And I and I am believe me, I'm even with the Comedy Castle sort of dragging them into the put all the tickets online. You'd be surprised how many people will buy the tickets because they don't have to call a number. You know, it's a conversation I have frequently over there because, you know, they do that for the big shows, but then it's like a student showcase or something. And I go, no, no, put the tickets online. Oh, then they're more money, but people don't care. They want the convenience. It's fine. And I've heard. Yeah. It's... From, and I've ha- I've heard from uh, people who promote shows. They go, you know, we put it on Eventbrite and then Eventbrite does, you know, a calendar and people will click on that calendar and they'll see a comedy show. So that's free publicity. It's easy,
3: and that's what I mean by it's easy now to do yeah. online ticketing. It didn't used to yeah, be right, and because of the pandemic, everybody is used to yeah paying
1: right
3: with their phone. I mean, and the people that aren't using electric, they're you know yeah. payments, they're not coming out anyways. They're,
0: yeah, they're yeah. That's true, and it just you got to move forward. And it can be at addictive. least in
3: our neighborhood, you know, in the tri-county. Yeah, well, the...
0: sure. Yeah,
3: but, but that's all those guys are booking. Anyways, your classes, you're not Most booking, of it. You know, You're not teaching kids from Clare.
0: <laughs> no, no, you'd you'd be surprised. I had a guy. I had a guy from Holly in my last class. I get guys from Ohio sometimes. Uh, pre-pandemic, I don't doubt I'd... people
3: travel. I don't doubt that. I'm not <laughs> discounting. With...
0: Look, people but... will people will come for my class, Kevin. They will drive more than an hour. It happens. I believe it. All right. All right, man. Well, let's wrap this up. I mean, you got anything else to say about Bill? I mean, I know you guys were real close. I know. I believe you were the first person that got the call. Telling him he was dead.
3: Yeah. I wish that it's a funny way to find out you're at the top of somebody's ice list. You
1: know?
3: <laughs> yeah. And I think Bill had told me that before, you know, he lived in the apartment building and uh, they, I was the first person the police called. it's, it's, just bums me out i went to check my uh, answering machine and the, i didn't answer the phone i didn't know yeah. the number and so i didn't answer it and they left the message was please uh. and so I, it's on my answering machine on my answer on my voicemail you know mm-hmm. but uh i i was looking through my voicemail and purging the messages and getting rid of the messages and and uh, i didn't have any of bill it kind of bummed me out you know sometimes you have a message yeah, from yeah. somebody you know, <laughs> but I did. But I do have two messages from Gary McClellan, who passed what <laughs> a week after. Yeah, we Bill. lost
0: Gary recently. Yeah, Gary. Gary was a Gary was one of these bookers who would book kind of those shows we're talking about the the private shows, the one nighters, the golf courses, stuff like that. That was Gary's deal. Uh, and
3: even Bill were really close. But his yeah. side of the comedy business with Bill, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Bill. I think anybody that has a business where you're booking comics. You, you you get to know Bill because he's the guy that's always going to work.
3: Gary McClellan's best friend was Dick Chrysler's son.
0: Oh, okay. All right. I did not know that connection.
3: Gary McClellan's family, long story short, was uh, Ori's Bakery.
0: Okay. Yeah. He
3: was an heir to the oh, Ori's Bakery.
0: Ori's Bakery, yeah. yeah. Anyone in he Detroit said, uh, will know that? I miss
3: him, too. He used to call me, uh, you know, once every couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. Not like
3: I miss Bill, obviously, but, you know, Gary it was, was Gary. always a character that yeah. called. Gary. And I can just picture when he died and got up there, Bill's like, God, jeez, I just got here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm stuck in. I'm stuck forever with Gary McClellan up here. Holy shit. Of all the people. Three ex-wives and I died with Gary McClellan. (laughs) Yeah, Gary was something, man. Gary certainly got some, you know, did, you know, Bill got me in with Gary. Bill got me in with, you know, Carol Pennington out of Ohio. And Bill uh, just helped me so much, you know. I mean, I guess if there's one thing, I, I guess one bright side that I look at it is maybe I can be that guy. Uh, you know, what Bill was to me, maybe I can be that for some new comics.
1: And yeah, I like that.
3: He was proud of you, yeah. and he was proud of Bushart, and yeah. he was proud of Rob Little. Mm. I mean, He was a guy that would go out of his way to make sure he would I don't want to say go out of his way, but he would go see Rob Little when Rob comes to town. Yeah. He would go see yeah. you know, I mean, he was proud of his students. He, the guys that Mm-hmm. yeah and I wasn't one of his students, I was one of his peers, yeah you know? but
0: but you know, that's why I think you know your relationship, Derek's relationship, was a little different than mine, although i I you know I think eventually, yeah, now I'm the old guy you know, where I've felt like well, you was- appear. Too, but you know, in the beginning, in the beginning, I wasn't, and that was fine. And that was, but he, you know, he always treated me with respect. And, you know, I think if he, maybe if I wasn't good at it, I didn't have an acumen for comedy, it might have been different. And you might have not liked Bill, but, uh, you know, the guys that, uh, you know, he had good taste. He knew he was who was good. And and certainly, you know, he would ask me, knowing that I I couldn't do the road when I started working at Comedy Castle, he would say, all right, I need a guy who's a guy. And I'd give him a guy's name and the guy would go out and do the gig. And then he'd call me. Yeah, that guy wasn't any good. I need a new guy. You know, or something was wrong, you know, too young for the room, something like that. You know, he always had his he had his standards. And if you met his standards, that felt good, you
1: know.
3: He got spoiled, you know. He worked the boats for so many years, yeah. and then that sort of dried up in the sense yeah. for what happened to him, and yeah. and then he was home, and then he worked with me and Rollins, and you know a couple other guys. You, yeah. And then when you know I'm closing rooms, Roland's not doing stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I mean, I, all the kind of lose guys, and then you know, so he had it easy there to. For so many years yeah. to be able to just work by your own, you know what you wanted.
0: Yeah. Well, here's one last Pick thing. Your... Uh, I'm going to tell this story, uh, and you may or may not know this, uh, Kevin, but Bill got me the upchuck the clown gig. I think I did hear that. Yeah, Bill was the guy when they needed a guy to be upchuck the clown with insane clown posse and. Somebody to. They asked him originally. They right? asked him because what it was was they, there was a guy who was up Chuck the Clown who was one of their buddies. And this guy, whoever he was, who I never met, or he, he was like had a day job. He was a real estate agent or a banker or something like that. And so they were going to do this gathering for the third time. And they said, well, we need somebody to do this because this guy who was Upchuck can't do it. Let's just get another guy to be up, Chuck the Clown. And so they started calling comedy clubs and they called Dearborn. Joey's in Dearborn. And, uh, you know, eventually they got a hold of Bill and bill you know i was sitting i walked into the comedy castle one night and bill was sitting at the bar and he said joel i got a gig for you i said okay what would it be he says well this insane clown posse he's looking for a guy to be a clown i don't think i'd be good at it i think it'd be a good gig for you and i he's i'll send you the email with the guy's number and sure enough called the guy went out did the gathering of the juggalos and uh The rest is history. The rest, I've done, I've done, I think, 18 of them now. (laughs) So, uh, and in fact, they called me to book me for this year's gathering of the Juggalos. So I'm going to be go doing that in August. So, and that came from Bill. That came from Bill, you know? So I I always think. and again, he wouldn't let me forget that. You know, that's not a thing that didn't come up every time I mentioned it. You know who got you that gig, (laughs) Fragman?
3: But I remember him saying it was something that he didn't want to do. Yeah, it was something he didn't want that. to do,
0: and he, he figured I was a young guy and I would do better at this. And, and he was right, but I think he would have been fine. I don't think he – I think that event and all that it entailed would have been too much for him, you know? Yeah, but, that uh, wasn't
3: his thing. I Even not going to one, that was not his thing.
0: But, uh, you know, that was the start of my relationship with Insane Clown Posse and one that continues to this very day. And I'm doing the gathering next month. And, you know, that was tremendous that he did that or that, he, you know. Now, granted, I could have just been the guy that walked into the Comedy Castle on that night and it was coincidental and he said he thought I'd be good for it and had Corey walked in or someone else walked in that night. uh, He might have chosen them, but uh, he gave it to me and I ran with it and I always thanked him, you know. Always did. Always made the joke that he should have played my dad as the clown. We never really made that happen. <laughs>
3: That's yeah. funny. I you know, I always called him my dad anytime we went somewhere. Yeah,
0: I did too. That was a thing that really I think even like since Corey died and the pandemic of that, I would just call him dad. You know, in the last year or so I started doing it too. So <laughs>
3: my I started think- I calling him up on Mondays during the <laughs> pandemic. I thought I was doing my senior citizen checks. <laughs> I go, oh, man, I just shut up Channel 2. I got to call my senior citizens. I just, they just <laughs> said that Lee Thomas said I better call my seniors. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck off. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off.
0: Make sure he's got plenty of water and he's not out in the sun for <laughs> exactly. a long time. An Old, old exactly, dad's man. doing I'm going to miss
3: the guy, dude. I fucking miss him already.
0: I do too. And uh, but hey, man, thanks for uh, being part of this, Kevin. I know you guys were close. I wanted to have you on, and uh, you know we're gonna call me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I I was hoping to do this in person, and then it was like I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and I was like, I just got to do it and uh, memorialize him. And I'm glad you could be part of it, Kevin. Thanks so much, man.
3: No problem, bro. Talk to you soon,
0: man. Sounds good, buddy. This Kevin Kramis, everybody, and uh, yeah so sad so many great stories i mean i think that's the thing you hear about bill and uh just how generous he was and who he helped i mean that really is uh, i think one of his legacies i think that's one of the great things uh that we'll all uh remember about bill um tremendous tremendous guy and uh i think with that we will uh leave you with this joel radio uh Thanks again to Derek Richards. Thanks again to Kevin Kramis, uh, for joining me today, talking about Bill. Uh, I, I there's, I'm sure there's plenty of people. And, and as we go on and we have, uh, more guests and certainly more in studio guests, which I'm looking forward to doing, we'll talk more about Bill. Um, but yeah, it's been tough. Bill was, uh, Bill was the greatest. He was, uh, the greatest influence on my comedy. He was, um, um, always a help always a great guest on this show please go back through the archives and listen to this, any of those shows with bill i was listening to one um me Corey and bill talking uh about various things including the gallagher story if you want to hear that show uh you can go to joelradio.net uh just so you know a little housekeeping thing there is uh Some of the archives do not have a built-in player on joelradio.net. I am trying to correct that by going in and editing all the shows, but there's 500 shows up on there, and probably half of them need to be updated. I've updated some of them, but not all of them, but certainly there are the two more recent shows uh, from last year with Bill. If you want uh, to hear him, as you should, Bill always uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, He will tell the story if you go through the archives of him being recognized on a cruise ship by a fan of the podcast, which always, uh, you know, I think made the thing feel way more legit for him. So I always got a kick out of hearing that story. Um, He would always call and say, yeah, when are you doing a podcast? I got some stuff to get off my chest. So he would sort of book himself sometimes. But he was always so great. I always appreciated having him on. Um, He will just be missed. I, I, you know. I, I did this show a year ago for Corey and I'm doing it now for Bill. And, um, you know, those, those were my top two guys in this business, in this business of comedy. And I will miss them so much. I will miss them every day. And, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this show and I hope you, uh, understand why I wasn't with you for a few months there and, um, appreciate that I came back and told this story. And if you want to join us, on uh, July 16th for that memorial, that would be fantastic. If you're you know, a fan of this show or you were a fan of Bills, feel free to, to come to that. There is a uh, Facebook event on there. I will try to share it on joelradio.net. One other thing uh, I like uh, that I'm glad I could do this for him was uh, not only the photo that they are using for uh, the memorial service uh, and one that he used as publicity uh, for him. Uh our photos that I took of Bill. I did some headshots for Bill a couple years ago at the Comedy Castle and they turned out real nice and he used them and now his family is using them to memorialize Bill. And uh I will put one up as well here on joelradio.net and uh and I'm proud of that. I I'm proud that I can say, "Hey, I did that for him." I got him some nice photos and uh <sighs> goodbye Bill goodbye dad my comedy dad Bill Hildebrandt I will miss you so much buddy uh, anyone who has liked this show will miss you and uh, thank you so much for listening I will uh, be back with you before too long we'll have Laylon. we'll talk movies, TV, all our usual stuff uh, rest in peace Bill you are the greatest We will miss you forever, buddy.